Amen. Amen. We'll take our Bibles tonight and turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter number 3. And uh, we're going to read just a couple verses. Verse 1, 2, and 3 of Philippians chapter number 3. Word of God says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision, excuse me, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Now, uh, tonight I want to preach on just the thought, just one singular word, beware. And, of course, we take our text from verse number 2 tonight. We will briefly be in verse number 3. But I can remember, I was trying to, to pin it down maybe what year it was, probably 1994. 5, 96, 97, something along those lines. But I remember as a teenager hearing Brother Joe Arthur preach on the message, Beware of Dogs. And uh, it made an impact. Matter of fact, I still, as I was writing the message out today, I I remembered his his points. Of course, he used Beware of Dogs there in verse number 2. And he gave five different types of dogs. He said, one of those dogs that we need to beware of is a sooner. And he said, those, those sooner dogs, their pedigree is all mixed up. And he said, they soon be one thing as they would another. They don't know what they want to be. Then he mentioned the Chihuahua or the Wiener dog, he said, or the Pekingese. And he said, those, their bark is bigger than their bite. He said, beware. He said, then you have the setter. He said, those setters, they see the things around them, but they just sit. They do nothing about them. You've got the pointers. They see what's happening. They know what needs to be done, but they just point. He said, then you have the Doberman, and he would say the Doberman. The Doberman or the Bulldog. Now, I know some of y'all got some sort of a Bulldog. I have no no idea what it is. But he said, the Doberman or the Bulldog they're always on the prowl, and they're willing, and they're ready to attack. Now, now y'all's crazy, dog. That might be true. I don't know that much about uh, about that one, but I, I know old my buddy Dowdy. He's he's pretty calm most of the time, unless he don't know you. Then it's Katie bar the door, every man for himself, right there. But I remember this not because of the points and not because of his illustrations. And it was, it was probably a 35, 40 minute long message. Uh, but those were just kind of some of the, the high points there. But the reason that it resonates so much with me tonight is the word beware. And I, I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I remember Brother John Rickenbacker was there. And um, he preached on flea fornication the very same day. And uh, Brother Wiley Wooten was the pastor. This was down in Homosassa Springs. And I could remember some of my friends being there. I could remember some of my my frenemies, I guess you might say now, the boys that I was only saw a couple times a year hated their stinking guts, but I'd still say amen with them. So I remember a bunch of things like that. 
But the thing that I remember most is Brother Joe repeating that word, beware. And if if you'll help me tonight, I want to look at this word and really the, the whole of verse number 2. Before we get there, by way of introduction, I want you to know that the word beware, it has a root, and it is the word where. Now, there, there's, there's different usages of the word where. Oftentimes you, you hear it, the wares of something. But, uh, the word here is where. Now, now the, the, the funny thing is, is it's never used by itself in this context. It's always used with, uh, to be aware or to beware, or it's used as the word wary. In other words, uh, it is to be in expectation of, or to be cautious. If you were to go tonight to a home or to a place of business, and there was a sign that said, beware of dogs, or beware of the dog, that usually will indicate to you that there is a dog somewhere on the premises. Now, it might be a little bitty dog, just a little lap dog, or it could be one of those big ones. But it says, beware of the dog. There is a warning, and and as such, it gives you an expectation of the dog. Beware of the dog. And it, it tells us that danger is imminent. So, the Apostle Paul is writing to this church, and he is telling them that danger is just around the corner. There, There is in chapter number 1 a warning from Paul about those that preach Christ, he says, of envy and to cause harm. In chapter number 2, Paul exhorted them that uh, they should have the mind of Christ. He said there in verse number 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. What is that mind? Well, read verse number 6, 7, and 8, and you'll find that it is the mind that should be of humility and of service. But also, he reminded them uh, in chapter number 2 of the times and of the people that surrounded them. He said there in verse number, uh, let me see if I can find it, in verse number 15, he says, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. So Paul is, he is trying his best to warn this church. And this is a new body of believers. This is on his, I guess we would probably say this is around maybe his second missionary journey. He has already established those churches in Galatia and Lystra and uh, Iconium. He has already done, but now he is going to Philippi. And if you remember in the book of Acts chapter number 16, as he was in Philippi, he was not writing this from there, but he was writing this to them. But while he was there, if you remember, he was cast into jail and he was beaten, but it was while he was in prison that they prayed and sang praises and God freed them and the jailer and his household was saved. And so there is a lot to, to, to really unpack, and we're not going to do that tonight, but there's a lot to unpack within the, the pages of the book of Philippians. It's, and if we're not careful, we'll just kind of glaze over it and just read it at face value and, instead of trying to find out why he's saying some of these things. And so one of those questions tonight to, for me, why is he saying these things, is in verse number 2. 
He says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. So those are our three points tonight. If you want to write those down and close your book, you can. If you want to leave it open, that's fine. But number one, beware of dogs. Now, in this time, uh, the word dog, it was often attributed to someone, uh, especially Gentiles or someone that was unclean. If they were a thief, they were called a dog or if they were uh, vile, if they were just a wicked man, they were often called vile. Uh, You can look, if you've got a a study Bible, quite often they'll have uh, within the margins or some reference there that this was a male prostitute. So this was not someone that you would want to, to associate with, but we have to go a little bit deeper. And in that, I believe that we can see that he's not talking about a person. He is not even talking about that type of person, those that are thieves those that are vile and unclean. But Paul uses the word to describe those that would come to the church and that would ravage the people. And if I could say it like this, those that would pervert the gospel and that would bring reproach upon Christ. We live in a day now where the church needs to hear this same warning, beware of dogs. And the reason we have this warning that needs to be shouted from the rooftops today is because we have a false gospel uh, at, at the, our fingertips. We have a false gospel here. He said, preacher, what are you saying? Well, I don't remember exactly who it was, but I've got probably three or four different Bible apps on my phone. And every once in a while, uh, I can tap on one of these things and begin to search for something. And it'll come up a different version of the Bible. And I'll begin to read that and just something doesn't sit right. It, it just don't don't sound right as I'm reading, and so I get to looking, and uh, and I realize that it has changed. But but not necessarily am I talking about uh, the translation, and, and those are perverted translations, in case you were wondering. But I'm talking about the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, you go to the news reports, you go to uh, social media, you go to find out something, just research something, and, and inevitably you're You're going to find another gospel. You're going to find another gospel that is trying to steal you and your heart and your children and your wife and your husband away from the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? You should know this by now. It is that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. And so if there's anything that is leading you outside of that, it is a perverted gospel. And so we have the gospel uh, at our uh, a false gospel or a perverted gospel at our fingertips. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times that I and I don't play games on my phone, uh, but every once in a while I have a uh, I have a uh, uh, some kind of solitaire solitaire, and then I've got one of those where you have to move the little Chinese blocks and they have to match and all that kind of stuff. And I'll get on there just kind of pass time, and there'll be some ad that comes up there, and and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, my daughter Braylon plays those games as well. I wonder has she seen this? And then. I know some of you young ones, you're, 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 you've got the Be Real app. Have nothing, no idea what it is. I couldn't tell you anything about it. And, and I, so I'm not condemning it. So I don't want you to think I'm condemning it because I don't know anything about it. But what I do know is this. In most of the, the, the 
the technology that we have now, there is something being slid in there. It may not be wicked. It may not be vile. It may not be any of those things. One of the ads that I saw, uh, it was two girls, two cartoon girls, and one said, "Oh, I want to some. I want to change the." the color of my girlfriend's hair. I don't know what it was. And then next thing you know, as you let it play out, they started hung it up on one another. And so it's just things like that, Brother Jody, that, you know, to a casual observer, it would mean nothing. But to someone that's trying to do right, it should throw off some, 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 somebody help me, what uh, red flags. So there is a gospel, another gospel, a perverted gospel at our fingertips, and it's being presented to us as adults, but we blind our eyes, we shield our eyes to it because we think we're stronger than, than whatever that is, but what about our children? Our children are not as strong as we think they are, they're not as strong as they think they are. So then we, we, we look at this, talking about beware of dogs. We also understand that religion is everywhere, and there seems to be a competition of who can have the biggest crowd. I've said this before, and I don't, I'm not ashamed to say it. I realize that Lighthouse Baptist Church is probably never going to be a, 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 a mega church, a 5,000 seat church. I understand that. Quite honest, I'm okay with that. Come on and help me right there. I have enough issue pastoring 50 people, much less 5,000. I don't know how folks do it. Probably because they don't really. Anyway, I'll deal with that later. But the, the issue at hand is, and, and I'm not just talking about our churches, though we find it in, in churches like ours where there seems to be a competition. And uh, there seems to be, whether, whether it's across the county line or whether it's across the, the, the river, whether it's across the road, everybody wants to be better than someone else. And uh, Paul said, it. I, I want you to read this, but Paul said in verse number 15 of chapter number 1, Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bondage, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, listen, Christ is preached. So what would be wonderful is if instead of preaching in contention and preaching in in competition and trying to get the bigger crowd than the church down the road and, and putting up all these big programs so you can outdo someone else and try to steal somebody else's crowd and, and the preacher gets up and makes clown faces and all this other kind of stuff. Instead of doing all that, how about we just preach Christ and Him crucified, buried and resurrected, and let's just try to win somebody to the Lord. Probably with the with the churches today, ours included, is we do preach this in the walls. We do try to do right in the walls. But who are we inviting outside? Who are we trying to get outside to come in so they can hear the gospel? And so if we if we could realize that religion is one of those, if I could say it like this, dogs that have come in to try to destroy and to devour the church, we need to beware of religion. Carnality, too, is stripping the holiness from, from the bride of Christ and from the church. <clears throat> what do I mean by carnality? Paul mentioned, he says, but I'm paraphrasing, he says, up to this point, he said, I fed you with milk. And he said, now I've got to feed you the, with milk because you can't bear to, to, 
to, to chew on the meat. What, what is carnality? It's, it's sensualness. Carnality is, is immaturity. Carnality is sin creeping in unaware. Carnality is a little leaven, leavening the whole lump. A carnality is a little wolf coming in and, or a little fox coming in and spoiling the vine. That's what carnality is. And if we're not careful, we'll lower our guards and lower our standards and allow those little things to come into our lives and ruin what we have worked so hard to establish in our lives, and it's gone before we even know it, and then we find ourselves stepping away from God, and we have no idea how we've gone so far and so short of time away from the Lord. So carnality is stripping the holiness away from churches. Not trying to be cliche or anything like that, but I will tell you this, we can see it here. Uh, I've watched it over the last several weeks, several months, even the last several years. Uh, there's more carnality that even comes into this church uh, than needs to. I've watched as women come in with pants on. I've watched as, as men come on the platform or on the parking lot with shorts on. I've watched as people just don't seem to care how they come into this house. Now, you can go to Central all you want to. If you want want to wear your 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 your, bre- your little short breeches that's fine i ain't pastor over there but listen we need to watch how we're coming to the house of god you say well that's the way john did it bless god john what wrong but i'll tell you this and i'm not being I'm, i may be i'm not john den i never will be but i what i do know this is the word of god is still true and there needs to be some standards in the house of god There's dogs that are trying to attack the church. We need to beware. There's dogs. We need to beware. The young folks, the old folks alike, they're basing their righteous living based on what society teaches. They're, ba- they're, they're, they're basing how they live outside based on social fads. On what's cool, what's popular, what's in, and what's... I've been unpopular since the day I was born. I've not one time been in style. About the time I think I'm in style, I've done missed it by about four years. We were kind of joking around, Miss Denise, I don't know who was around, but the other night when we were saying, um, no cap, no no line, and we were saying something else out of... even know what some of those words mean. But by the time I start figuring them out, what they mean, I try to use them. It's like, we don't say that around here no more. It's like, well, thanks a lot. But society should never be a, a Christian's measuring stick. It should be Jesus Christ. It should be His Word. Number two, he says, beware of evil workers. Beware of evil workers. Now, this evil workers, this is a reference to those that that I read about in chapter number 1, verse 15 down through verse number 18. This is a reference to those that are preaching or they're teaching about Christ, but they are doing it with ulterior motives. Paul says they were doing it for his hurt. 
And so we understand that they were what's called a Judaizer, uh, that these are those that believed in Jesus, but they also believe in their works. They wanted to add their works under the law to being under grace from Jesus Christ. And they were in opposition to Paul. They believed the words that Paul said, but they despised the fact that he said, it's not by works that you are saved. They despised the fact that he said, you do not have to be circumcised to be a follower of Christ. They despised the fact that that Paul says, you don't have to keep the Sabbath. You don't have to do these things that you had to do at once under the law in order to be right with God. And so they were preaching a gospel, but Brother Jody, they were perverting it by saying, Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. Now listen, He lived a sinless life. He died a sinner's death. He rose victorious. And He tells us that we must be circumcised. They were adding to the gospel. Thereby perverting. And so, he says, I want us to beware of evil workers. As they disputed the preaching of Paul, I've mentioned this, they perverted the gospel. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto he says, you were moved from the grace of Christ and unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. He says the message is almost right. But the reason that it's perverted is because they've added to it or they've taken away from it. And tonight, in our society, we must be careful of evil Workers, because people will do the same thing today. I've, maybe not here, other places, I've been pretty, pretty vocal about this movement of people, (coughs) they call themselves recovering fundamentalists. Maybe you consider yourself one. I disagree with with it wholeheartedly. I'll tell any of y'all. Uh, I'm not recovering from being a fundamentalist. Uh, I am a fundamentalist. I believe in the fundamentals of the faith. I believe in the doctrines that are set forth in the Word of God. I, I, I may not like them, but I believe every word in this Bible. If it says I'm wrong, I may not like that, but it, that's what God said, so that's what I'm going to do. The standards that are set forth in the Word of God, Old, listen, and New Testament, I'm going to do my best to live by. You've got, you've got these folks that call themselves recovering from the fundamental. What is happening? I, I'll just kind of sum it up in one word. What's happening is they're, they're looking for a way to compromise. And in looking for a way to compromise, they are saying that all those preachers were wrong. Now, I'm going to stand here and tell you absolute truth. There's some of the things. There's some of the things that some of our older preachers preached about. You ain't gonna find it in the Bible. You, you won't find it in the Bible. They they preached if you were gonna be right with God, you had to wear a white shirt. You, you couldn't have what was it? You couldn't have wire rimmed glasses. You couldn't have a TV in your house. And and I, I'm kind of leaning more towards getting on that bandwagon. 
But some of the things that were preached about aren't, aren't necessary, aren't necessary, well, they aren't found in the Word of God. But when it all comes down to it, when they preached the gospel, when they preached about repentance, when they preached about living holy and doing what was right and staying away and staying, I was, man, I, I was thinking this week about used to, you, you didn't dare, you didn't dare, if you were a, if you were a Christian, you didn't dare go to the quote unquote movie house. And the reason wasn't necessarily what was on the screen, the reason had more to do with what was happening in the parking lot and the, in, in the dark seats. Come on. Now it don't really matter. It kind of makes me go back and poor fella, he's kind of went backwards on some of his stuff, but the same day Brother Joe preached about beware of the dog, Brother John Rickenbacker preached on flee fornication. There's some stuff we just need to flee. It starts coming our way. Go. Instead, what we do, we just kind of walk around and look at it, see if it's going to bite. No. Y'all know I'm scared of snakes. And I hear all these yahoos. They're talking about, well, if the snake's eyes are round, it's, it's safe. And if his head looks like a triangle, it's this. And I'm like, well, you've got to be touched in the head if you think this old boy is going to get down there and ask him what flavor eyeball he got. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. Yeah, listen, his last name is Snake. That means flee. They preached. Paul said there in chapter number 1, they preached of envy and strife. They preached of contention. They preached not sincerely. They preached supposing to add to his bonds. Jesus had something to say about this in the book of John, chapter number 10, verse number 11. He says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. He said, but he that is an hireling, this goes back to what I was saying earlier, he that is an hireling and not the shepherd whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catches them, the sheep, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. But Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and know my my sheep and am known of mine. There's some hirelings in the pulpits of churches all around our country today. Now the church pays me. I'm not ashamed to say that. If you want to know how much, I'll tell you. It don't matter to me. And I'm thankful for every penny of it. But if the only reason why I was down here is to get that paycheck and not to pray for your hide and not to tan it when it needs to be, and not to go visit you when you need me, and not to text or to call when you need me, and not to be there when you need me in the middle of the night. If 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 I wouldn't do any of that, then you can go ahead and tattoo it on my forehead that I ain't nothing but a hireling. The Bible says here that that not in these words, but he says if a hireling does this, then a true pastor, a true shepherd, ought to love his sheep. And ought to be there when the wolf comes. He ought to be the one fighting. And that's what we're doing tonight. We're fighting any wolves that might be here tonight. But we're trying to get you prepared that there are some wolves out there. Can somebody help me tonight? So, 
Paul warned, if you turn your page, if you're in your Schofield Bible, turn your page to verse number 17 of chapter 3. He says, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. He says, walk the ones that, mark the ones that are like me. He says, Mark Silas, Mark Timothy, Mark John Luke, Mark Demas, Mark Barnabas, Mark these boys, because they're just like, they're preaching just like me. They're trying to tell you right. But then he says in verse number 18, For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Paul's warning them. Now, there's teaching the gospel. They were teaching the gospel that included works. In today's time, this false gospel, it will include works. It will include wealth. It will include prosperity. It will include popularity. It will include prestige. But we need to be where? There's some that are even our type of preacher that have linked up with some of the popular preachers of our day. And these preachers, they are solid in their teaching. They're solid in their stance. But the problem is they're linking up with some of these other preachers. And it makes me, if I could use the word, it makes me wary. Though they are technically still right, the people that they're hanging around are not. And it makes me very wary to be around. So if you wonder why some people don't come here and preach, I could probably find anybody. I'd probably find T.D. Jakes if y'all want him. But you ain't going to get him. Because he's a hireling. I'll go one step further. He's a heretic. And there's some of the ones that are on TV that we all like because of their charisma and things of that. They're a heretic. They're, they're peddling a false gospel. But I'm talking about within the walls of churches like ours. There's a lot of them that have turned the page. And they're going away from God. Little by little. Y'all still with me tonight? It's a lot later than I wanted it to be, but we're here. May as well go ahead and get it. I ain't got, I, I'm not going to preach on Sunday morning or Sunday night, so i got to get it out while I can. Number three, beware of the concision. Beware of the concision. Paul here, he refers to, without using the word, he refers to those that are circumcised, but he does it with contempt. He says, you need to be aware of the concision. The, the word concision, it means a, a cutting. It, it, it means to slice. So if you know what circumcision is, you understand where we're coming from here. Alexander McLaren said this, he, he is referring to ceremonial religion. There's a song, I don't know if anybody would know it, maybe Nathan might know it. And it is religion isn't working. Don't particularly like the song, but the thoughts, right. Religion, religion never has worked. 
What religion has done is religion has, has helped you think that you are good enough to get to heaven without going through God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and you wind up in hell. That's what religion does. Religion's not working. There's folks leaving the church by the droves because they're trying religion instead of God. There's folks in our midst tonight that they are full of religion, but they don't truly have a a relationship with God, and they're leaving our churches. Paul instructed about circumcision, verse number 3. He says, for we are the circumcision which worship God, here it is, in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So in verse number 2, he says, Beware of the concision. Beware of those people that say you must be circumcised. And then in verse number 3, he says, We are the circumcised. And he's going to go on to tell you this in another book. He says, We are the circumcised because we are living in the Spirit. Listen to this. He says, we have no confidence, at the end of this verse, we have no confidence in the flesh. In John chapter number 4, verse number 24, Jesus says, God is a spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What is that yoke of bondage? That is the law that he's specifically pointing at in Galatians chapter number 5. He says, don't think that just living by the law will get you to heaven. Don't think that living by the law will get your sins forgiven. It may still atone them, but there's only one way to heaven. That's through the shed blood of Christ. That's believing on the Lord. That's repenting of your sin. That's living a righteous and a holy life for the glory of God. And Paul says, you better watch it. Don't you get yoked up in bondage anymore. Brother Joe Parsons said this years and years ago. He says, I'll not trust my flesh until it's six feet in the grave. About the time you think you can trust your flesh, hey, you better slap yourself awake. Beware of the religious ceremonies that some would have us complete. The book of James, chapter number 1, verse number 25, down through 27, it says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Verse 26, If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Verse 27, Here we go. First two words. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. How can one keep himself unspotted from the world? Through the blood of Christ. He says pure religion is this. He says, yeah. You're going to visit the fatherless. You're going to visit the widows. But you're going to live a holy life. That's what pure religion is. Parents, we need to warn 
our children. We need to warn our children. I was watching a video the other day, and there was these apes, gorillas. And the biggest one, he'd come down and somebody was in his place, and he started beating his chest, Brother Bobby. You know what they did? They stopped and they looked at him. I wonder what it'd do if maybe some daddies come out and saw what our house was in, the condition our house was in. I'm not talking about what's clean and what's not. I'm talking about who's clean and who's not. Started beating our chest and say, listen, this ain't going to wait. This is not the way it's going to be. We're going back to the Word of God. Let me tell you something. You can like it or lump it. It don't matter to me. It is not too late for you to have a godly home. Say, well, my kids are back grown. That's all right. Start now. Straighten some things out. My kids are gone. It's just me and my wife. That's all right. Straighten one another out. We know you both need it. My kids are little. Or I don't have kids. It's not too late to start now. Parents, we need to warn our children. Children, you need to warn your friends. Because this, this beware... Three different times, Brother Jody, beware is mentioned in verse number 2. It falls dead on our doorstep every single day. There's people of three different ways, whether it's religion, whether it's works, or whether it is uh, these people that are trying to steal us away. Three different aspects in our lives that our children are having to face every single day and you need to warn parents, your children, but children, you need to warn your friends. We cannot live our lives for Christ by accepting everything that we hear. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cutting craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 9. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. You say, preacher, I don't, I don't believe what you said tonight. Well, do me a favor. Get in your Bible and find out if I'm right or wrong. If I'm wrong... Let's talk about it. Let me know. Am I wrong? Tell me if I'm wrong, and then let's let's go from there. But if I'm right, what are you going to do? 